Will I ever get to meet the one, my one and only true love, the one I'm meant to be with? That might be the question on the minds of millions of people across the world who are single. And of course, very much, very possibly on the minds of people who are already in existing relationships. Is this person the one? In this episode of the Energy Healing Podcast, we are going to debunk the myths around soulmates, life partners, twin flames, and we're going to go even deeper to explain what a soulmate truly means. My name is Harun Rabbani, and you are watching the Energy Healing Podcast. Okay, before we get started and start deep diving into this particular topic, which is so popular, Make sure you hit the subscribe button, you hit the like button, and make sure you share, especially today when things are fresh on your mind. Let's get started. So before we get started, let's cover the more skeptical side of the whole issue about soulmates. So if you are somebody who's left brain, doesn't believe in souls, you are going to say, why don't soulmates exist? Or you're going to try to at least prove it. What I'm going to share with you is taken from an article from Bustle magazine and you can find the link below and they give six specific reasons why it is impossible to find a soulmate. So the first one they talk about is statistically it is impossible. Why? Because imagine you are picking someone, choosing someone in about your age range. So if you look at that there's probably about half a billion people on the planet and if you go searching 30 to 40 people every day then it will take you several lifetimes to find the one. The second point they make is we do not have souls, meaning when you die, your consciousness goes away. And if that's the case, then maybe they are right. The third one is that if you are constantly seeking out the one, you're going to have certain expectations. You're going to expect the perfect relationship, nothing to go wrong. There's nothing to do because you are both ready made for each other. As a consequence of it being statistically impossible for you to find anyone, then you are going to be perpetually suffering from unhappiness. The fourth reason they give is that most mammals are just not monogamous. In other words, mammals are designed, with the exception of one or two species, mammals are primarily designed to be polygamous. Basically, they sleep around. The fifth reason is we are programmed to handle breakups and heartaches. Basically, we are designed to be survivors. So even if relationships end, we can handle the next relationship. And finally, love is just biochemistry in action. So you see someone, you meet someone, and all that there is is a release of dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, endorphins, and other biochemistry, which makes you have this sensation of feeling loved and being in love. And that's all that there is to it. Now, if you take a totally scientific, left-brain, materialistic perspective that you are born and then you die and there's nothing after that, nothing before that, then I totally and utterly agree. However, science also shows that consciousness does survive death. Science also shows that every human being has an energy field. And if you've listened to my previous interview with Professor Konstantin Korotkov, you will discover that we cover the whole area of what happens when two lovers are feeling love towards each other, how they entrain 
the energy fields entrain with each other and you can even measure the blast of energy coming from their hearts going to the other one. As far as I'm concerned, the science is showing actually soulmates possibly exist. Since the beginning of 2014, I started my work as an energy healer and I dealt with a lot of people who had had their hearts broken as a result of their relationship breakdown. Some of them were living with a broken heart for over two or three years. And within minutes of working with them, the heartbreak was gone. And in fact, one particular client who came to me, within two to three days of doing the work with me, she started dating again. So I began exploring the whole notion of soulmate attraction by working directly with my clients. And the results were absolutely astounding. So I've worked with many individuals on a one-to-one -one and then also through my webinars. And by the beginning of 2015, I was so curious about what other relationship experts thought of soulmate attraction that I decided to put on an online summit, interviewing 15 of the world's best teachers, including Dr. John Gray, who has written numerous books, including Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus, and Ariel Ford, who wrote The Soulmate Secret, and even Marion Williamson, who recently attempted to become the Democratic nomination for the presidential election in 2020. So amongst the experts, one of the people who were my favorite interviewees was a philosopher, a spiritual teacher by the name of Andrew Harvey. So I asked him this question, what kind of soulmates are there? And here's what he told me. There are seven specific types of soulmates. Let's go through them right now. Coming from a spiritual angle, your first soulmate is the omniscient, the omnipresent, Andrew called it your beloved. Some call it God and others call it Buddha. Basically, it's the divine. So this is your relationship between you and the creator of all creation. And it doesn't have to be an Abrahamic religion. It's your connection with your divine. That might be for you, universal consciousness. The next soulmate relationship is the relationship you have with your angels, your guardian angels, your spirit guides. And of course, the more you spiritually evolve, the more connected you will feel with these people. That's two types of soulmates. They're not human yet. The third type of soulmate is the great avatar. So those avatars could be for me, for example, Rumi, the mystic um, from the Middle Ages. It could be Buddha, Muhammad, Jesus, Krishna. So it's one of the avatars who have come to teach lessons of spirituality, of love, harmony, balance, etc. The fourth type is your animal soulmate. So this animal comes into your life and it's more than a best friend. You've got such a loving relationship with this animal and they, they choose you. Whether it be a cat, a dog, a horse, it doesn't matter. Everybody has an animal soulmate. I know for many of my clients, when they describe their relationship with their pets, instantly I know this is that type of soulmate. The fifth type of soulmate that you have are your best friends. Those people who you have such a brotherly or sisterly love. There's no sex, there's no intimacy, but there's such a profound level of love. You just feel like you guys were made for each other. And now we come to your next type of soulmate, which is your tantric soulmate. This is the one person that you have a relationship with. It is intimate and usually it is with one person. However, there is a lot of confusion about who this person is. So what is the difference between a soulmate and a life partner? What is the difference between a soulmate and a twin flame? 
So imagine this, all of consciousness is pure energy. It transcends the physical form. It goes through the entirety of this universe and beyond. So as we come down the frequencies and lower our vibration, this energy, this light splits up into many component parts. And these are called your soul family. So what is a soul family? They may not be your genetic family. They may be your soulmates, like your best friends or family members. It could be a teacher, it could be a student, it could be somebody you work with, and it could include your partner, the soulmate that you're having a relationship with. Now here's the clarity I've got to make before we move on. You do not have one soulmate. You have many, many soulmates. A twin flame is somebody who's said to be created from that same fire and you split up into two. In my mind and in my experience, there's a lot of confusion with the names and the terminologies. In essence, people consider your life partner as somebody who is there with you for life, somebody who's there to support you, somebody who's there to challenge you. And the important thing is they are with you for life. Very often people distinguish that different from soulmate. Soulmate is somebody you meet who will trigger you and you will trigger them. You learn from each other and then you move on. And a twin flame is an extreme version of that where the triggers are much stronger. It's much more difficult. But I believe all of these are confusing terminologies. You can say life partner, you can say soulmate. Here's how it works. Imagine every single day you go through a series of emotions. So some people, for example, will go through anger, sadness, joy, happiness. And for some people, one of those emotions will dominate all of the emotions. So somebody might be very angry throughout the day. That's their defining emotion, which will then determine their worldview. So somebody who's constantly going through anger will have a worldview that people are antagonizing, situations are antagonizing. And so they will always find a reason to be angry. They will make decisions from this space of anger. And as a result, manifest a reality based on their decisions. On the other hand, you might have somebody who is surrounded by challenging situations, but she's got so much courage and that becomes her dominating emotion. And her worldview will be, hey, something is possible in a positive way. And so as a result of operating from courage, she will try and try again and try again, and she will manifest a different reality. And then there's somebody else who will come from the space of bliss and joy. They don't keep on talking about bliss and joy. They just look blissed out and joyful, and they will operate from the space of the world is absolutely beautiful. And they'll reveal the world and they will manifest a reality which is in alignment with their dominating emotion. This emotion is also called your vibration. Have you heard the terminology? Your vibe attracts your tribe. If somebody's dominating emotion is anger, what kind of person do you believe will resonate with him? You can only resonate if you're on the same wavelength. Resonance means you connect at the same wavelength. So the kind of person he will attract is somebody who will support his juxtaposition, his vibration of anger and vice versa. That person may also be angry or that person may be somebody who likes to play the victim, who likes to antagonize others. I once asked somebody in an audience on a scale of one to 10, how much did he love himself? And he said three. So if you were to attract your ultimate soulmate on a scale of one to 10, how much loving would you like her to give you? And he said 10. And I said, that's interesting. 
you only love yourself on a level called three, and yet you expect somebody else to come in and love you at a 10. How does that work? If your capacity to love yourself, honor yourself, cherish yourself is only three, how will you attract somebody who's going to love you out of 10? Let's say she does love you, but here's what happens. She'll have all this surplus of love and it needs to go somewhere. And if you're not able to handle it, it'll go somewhere else. But the reality is that he will never attract somebody at that level until he works on himself. So here is how we attract our soulmates. Our dominating day-to-day -day vibrations emotions in other words, determine the quality of soulmate we will attract. If I'll put it in monetary terms, if somebody is unemployed, has been out of work for six years, doesn't look for work, is happy to lounge around to watch TV, drink cans of beer all day, how on earth is that person expecting somebody who is a multi-millionaire, runs a fast-growing company, who's networking with other high net worth people, how are those two people ever going to match? The seventh type of soulmate is the ultimate soulmate. It is you. What kind of relationship do you have with yourself? Is it one that is honorable? Is it one that you are respecting yourself? Are you treating your body like a temple? Are you treating it like an ancient ruin? One particular exercise I take my clients through is looking at the seven or eight core areas of their lives. Let's say you met somebody who you were considering as your soulmate. And if we go through the seven areas of life, let's say the first person I introduce you to, she is intellectual, she's intelligent, she likes studying and learning new stuff. She looks after her physical body. She eats well. She has a good career. She earns a decent income. She's got a bit of spare cash. In other words, she saves money. She's got a good relationship with her parents, her mother, her father, her siblings, and all her friends. Just a very nice person all around. She meditates. She's spiritual. Not religious necessarily, but spiritual. But when it comes to homeless people, she turns her nose up to them and finds them very yucky. How attractive would this person be? Now, most people will say, if they're honest with themselves, they will not be attracted to such a person. And then if I ask the question, okay, let's find somebody else. This person, clever person, they've got a great job, they earn good money, they're very charitable, they get along with their family, they're spiritual. But when it comes to looking after their body, it's obvious they've got shares in Greg's Bakeries and McDonald's because they are hugely overweight, because they're stuffing themselves with burgers and fast food, and they just are in a terrible condition when it comes to health. How attractive is that person to you? And again, most people, if they're speaking the truth, they will say not attractive at all. Let's reverse the roles. Let's look at you. How much time, energy and effort are you putting into developing your mind? In other words, are you intelligent? Are you smart? Are you creative? How much time, energy and effort are you putting to develop your body? Are you going to the gym? Are you going for runs? Are you doing yoga? Whatever it is to look after your body. Are you somebody who's got a decent relationship with your parents, with your siblings, people around you? Or are you somebody who's constantly battling and conflicting with people? Do you have a good job that you're happy with, that you're passionate about? Are you earning a satisfactory income? You might not be a billionaire, but as long as you're able to pay your bills and a bit left extra, how happy are you with that? Are you somebody who's contributing towards charity? Do you have any kind of notion of spirituality, whatever your background is? So most people, if I ask them that question, they will fall short in two or three of those areas out of seven. So here's the thing. 
Why would you look out for somebody who's got higher self-esteem and self-worth and self-caring who wants to make a difference to the people on the planet? Why are you looking for somebody on that scale when you haven't started looking after yourself? You see, they can only give you what you've already got. And if you look around you, most of the people around you, your vibe would have attracted your tribe. And it is the very same thing with soulmates. So what if your soulmate is married or if they're taken for? In other words, they already have a partner. Very simple. You have no compatibility with each other. If your soulmate is committed to another person, he or she is not your only soulmate on the planet. And the reason you are putting so much attention onto that one person is you are hoping that they're going to rescue you from your own unhappiness. And the truth is, the only person who can make you happy is not your soulmate, it's you. So if I was single, then the kind of person I would look for is somebody who's already happy within herself. My job is not to bring happiness into someone's life. I can create the space for someone to be happy, but happiness is an inside job. You have to be deluded when you believe your soulmate is married to somebody else. Because on a soul level, they have a contract with that somebody else. And you coming in to break that contract creates consequences, also known as karma, and not of the type that necessarily serves your purpose. So one of my friends once said to me, what if your soulmate has already died? So she was in a relationship for a number of years with a gentleman. He died in an accident. And for the past 20 years, she stayed single because as far as she was concerned, her soulmate has died. So as a result, a very important part of her life, important to her that is, she totally neglected. And any guy who ever came anywhere near her, she would push them away, no matter how nice they were, no matter how good she felt about it, because she believed her soulmate had died. When your soulmate dies, he or she is not your only soulmate. Another one may appear. Again, it goes back to what is your dominating vibration. And what kind of vibration do you want in your life? Because instead of thinking, oh, I want someone happy, be happy first. And you'll see all the happy people turn up. Some people ask, can soulmates be friends? Yes, there are seven types of soulmates. One of them are purely friends. And in fact, I can say a number of my closest friends are my soulmates. One's a male, the other one's a female. No sexual relationship with them at all. But the love we have for each other is absolutely amazing. Another question people ask is, can soulmates be toxic? Yes, they can. Here's what happens with a soulmate. A soulmate is like a mirror to you. And so the mirror comes along and you get triggered by stuff, the negative stuff. The negative stuff is purely the stuff inside of you. And without realizing, your soulmate is really saying to you, hey, you've got unaddressed issues. You see, we love to talk about the good stuff about ourselves, right? Nobody shows their bad face. They want to show their good side of their face, their good side of their life or their good face. Everybody wants to show their best face anytime they go anywhere. Of course, they don't always do that very well, but everyone wants to show their best face. Nobody wants to be told where they are lacking in attention. And so when someone triggers you, what they're really doing is showing you a part of you that you've disowned. And when somebody is inspiring you, they're showing a part of you that you've taken ownership at some level. You may not recognize it straight away, but you're only inspired by those things that resonate with you. And you are only 
triggered by those things that resonate with you. One goes in the positive direction and the other one in a negative direction. So when you meet your soulmate, they are your ultimate teachers. So you could be in a soulmate relationship today and that relationship might last a few months, a few years or even a few decades. And then once the lessons have been learned, it is very possible that you end up walking away from each other, sometimes miserably and sometimes happily you walk away from each other because all the lessons that are meant to be learned have been learned. Now, they only become toxic when you start becoming controlling, manipulative, jealous, and soulmate. Yes, they can do that. I've been in such a relationship where the toxicity was absolutely terrible. And if you're in such a relationship, you can't change your soulmate. You can only change within yourself. Raise your vibration. And if your soulmate really wants this relationship, they would do the same. And if not, at some point, when your vibration, meaning your dominant vibration, emotions are far enough apart, your relationship will fall apart anyway. Another popular question related to soulmates is, why are soulmate relationships so difficult? It is because your soulmate is your mirror, your teacher, your guru. Have you noticed that when you're in a relationship with someone, the more you love them? the more they can hurt you. That's because you're being triggered. But where are the triggers? The triggers are inside of you. If you stay subscribed to the Energy Healing Podcast, we will be covering what triggers are in a lot more detail. And finally, will my soulmate find me? That's a big question. If you're somebody who believes I'm gonna sit on my backside and have a vision board with Brad Pitt, my soulmate would appear someday. No you've got to take action. First of all, if you want a better quality of relationship or soulmate, then you've got to have a better quality of relationship with yourself because your ultimate soulmate is you. Shift that relationship with yourself and then at the same time, go online, go to these dating sites, connect with people on social media, be part of groups. And there's a whole bunch of social media apps that you can connect on, not to necessarily go looking for your soulmate, but you never know where you will find them. You know, have you noticed if you truly put your effort into something and you really focus on just searching, 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 you never find them. And the moment you take your eye off looking for them, they suddenly appear. Well, this is what happened to so many of my clients. As soon as you stop searching, suddenly the soulmate appears from nowhere. So you need to put yourself out there. And if you can go out and about, go to parties, go to networking events. It's not just about going to speed dating and dating events. You can actually go to lots of events to find your soulmates. Join a group, join a club. So there's plenty of information out there to find the ultimate soulmate. But here's one final thing. In order for you to be with a soulmate, drop the notion that there is only one person on the planet. The skeptics are right. The chances you're finding that one person to your perfect requirements is near impossible. Because how perfect are you? You will only attract at the level you are at. So now it's your turn. Let me know what you think. What kind of soulmate relationship are you in? Have you found the one? Are you with the one? Or are you open to many more possibilities? I hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, make sure you share, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. And I will see you on the next episode of the Energy Healing Podcast. Mm-hmm.